0: Father, we thank you that indeed your love endures forever, and uh, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather this morning, God, and we do lift up those who don't have the opportunity, Father, to gather in public, and we pray, Father, for their protection. We pray uh, for just an extra amount of grace, Father, for the persecuted church today, Lord. We uh, ask for um, just peace to be upon them today, God, and we ask that your gospel continue to go forth, Father, and we thank you, God, that um, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, God, and that you are sovereign over all things, Lord, and that we come together united, Father, to worship in your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh There's a day that's drawing near When this darkness breaks is
1: harvest is plentiful father your word declares the laborers are few and we are called to pray to the lord of the harvest to raise up laborers to go forth father to do your will god to proclaim the gospel the good news of jesus christ salvation in christ in christ alone no greater love than this God the love that you displayed through your son to a rebellious creation you extend salvation through Christ thank you Father that your love endures forever we thank you for the opportunity God to open your word Holy Spirit, to to be encouraged this day. To be led into truth, brought to repentance, strengthened to endure. Thank you, Father, that Christians no longer live a life based on self but it's a life God that's in step and in tune with the Holy Spirit whom you've given us to be our teacher our comforter, our guide so I pray God that we would not turn a deaf ear but that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying in this present day we pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Alright, our scriptural verse. First Corinthians
0: 420. 420. 4.20, what is it? For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, but it is living by God's power.
1: Alright, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, but it is living by God's power. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3 verse 3, and we're going to finish part 2 of the Spirit-filled life. Chapter 3, verse 3, the scripture that I shared with us a couple weeks ago, and as you're turning there, I want us to remember that yet though darkness is advancing, darkness can never win. Mm -hmm. And this is the hope that we have in Christ this is the hope that we have in Christ as believers our hope in Christ will never disappoint us no matter what our circumstances look like no matter how dark the world and this generation is becoming because our hope is in Christ we're looking up we know the signs of the time Jesus himself warns us explains to us what the days are going to be like before his return they're going to be worse than the days of Noah darkness is going to increase but we must remember darkness never wins never wins no matter how hard it tries no matter what satan in his dominion tries he will never win and this is the hope that we should be declaring over our lives over our family lives over our city over our nation over the nations We should be praying with this hope. Are you praying with hope today? Mm -mm. That is my question for us. It's our prayers, spirit-filled prayers. It's based solely in the hope of Christ. We have his word. And as we listened on Friday night about it being the living word. How it's good for instruction to teach us the ways of righteousness. As we were out and about yesterday. I was thinking of this one place that we walked into, and it's, it's, a, it's kind of a new agey type place. You know, all are welcomed. But I thought to myself, if they knew that we were Christians, if they knew what we believed, they probably wouldn't let us in. And you may say, well, that may, that's extreme, they'll let you in. But no, do you realize what's happening in our nation today? Where everyone is claiming, for everyone to be tolerant and to, to include everyone, Christians are being shunned. Christians are being pushed back on. They're not welcomed. If you're standing for Christ, if you're living for Christ, be ready to endure suffering. Mm. But as I was standing in this place and, and just looking around and just watching people, I couldn't help but remember that they have every right to live however they want. They have every right. Man has the right to live however they want, and be whoever they want, and choose to do whatever they want. They have that right. And for so, for so many years, and if you've been around me long enough, you probably heard me say this, is that so many times what we do wrong as the church is we go out into the world and we tell them how they're supposed to be living but they don't have ears to hear. They don't don't hear that. They don't hear good news by being told how they're supposed to be living. Because they don't get it. That's who they are. That's who you were before you came to Christ. What we have to offer them is the gospel, the message of freedom. That's what we're called to preach. And it's in their response, then they are then discipled into how to live. And if the church, and this is what I was thinking yesterday, if the church would do her role, and instead of pointing their finger, her finger at the world, and start pointing her finger at herself, if we preach the Christian life. Less to the world and more to the church, the gospel will go forth like a fire. We must, as the church, be reminded daily that we're no longer part of this world. That we are a new creation. Sin is not to rule and master us. We are free. And could you imagine if the church starts living freely? Yes, they will still hate us. Yes, they will still persecute us. But they won't be able to deny the power of God that has changed your life. They, they, they can't. They, they would want to silence you because you're irritating them. Or you'll draw others to Christ because the Holy Spirit would use you as the laborer to go forth into the harvest because the Bible says either they're going to hate you or you're going to be that fragrance of life but in in reality it's not you it's Christ it's Christ we have the message of freedom you all we should be walking with our heads up we should be walking in the hope that we're praying in And impacting those around us. The church is so busy, 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 doing and doing and doing that she's missing living. Just living. And that's why I've always told you, I don't mind evangelism and doing evangelism. But I think that uh, the the real evangelism takes place when a believer just lives their life out in the stores, in their jobs, on the streets, wherever they are, wherever they are. Not just gathering together and then we're just going to go out into an area and just do, 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 and then just go about our our days doing us. You can go out and you, you can knock on every door and feel like you've accomplished something. You can go out and you can feed the poor. You can go out and do and do and do and do. But if that is not your lifestyle every day, then what have you done? Right, work. Just work. Just work. It's not who you are. It's a show for people. And they don't want your show. (laughs) They don't want that. And they definitely don't need it. What they need is to see lives changed. The gospel displayed through your life. Not just a lot of talk. Not just a lot of works. But the power of God displayed. Displayed. Honoring God. And your every word and deed, learning to seek him, and knowing that you will find him if you seek him with your whole heart. The day is growing darker. And I always say the church should be growing brighter. Amen. Do we know who we are? Do we know whom we belong to? Do you realize you're free? We're not enslaved to sin. And you may say, but I still have issues with this. You may still have issues because we're not going to be perfected until we're with them. But those issues aren't to be mastering you. You're to learn how to now master them. And that's what you're seeking. Direction every day. Because you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know that God has set you free. And that's the truth that we're walking in and and grounded in and rooted in. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. So let us be expressive with our freedom. Let us be expressive with our freedom. Let's look people in the eyes. Let's connect with people. Let's talk with people. Let us not just be motivated just to, to do and to do and to do. And then if they showed up at your door, <laughs> you don't have time for them. There's a lot of churches that are just doing and doing and doing. But we only do it between one and two. We only do it between the hour that we're out on the streets. And that's, then we've done it. But what if these people showed up at your door? What if these people really needed con- to, con- to connect with you? Are we available? And we ought to be available. And we also ought to be of uh, wisdom, have wisdom on when to step away from unhealthy relationships and not allow ministry to become so codependent. Because it's about Christ, it's not about you and what you can do for others. And I've been praying for us that God would awaken us. A little small group of people that can impact a city. Impact a city. Just to encourage people, to connect with people. I've shared with you before people, when you talk freedom, when you share freedom, when you're expressive with freedom in Christ, people are interested. They're not interested in a bunch of rules and laws. Talk of the freedom that is in Christ. Talk about the love of Christ. Talk about the wrath of Christ. Talk about the freedom that is found in Christ. Extend hope. And just be available to love and to serve to honor Christ. Be careful that we're not doing it in our own strength. Be careful that it's nothing about us. And that's what I'm trying to encourage the church, whether it's here or other Christians that I have an opportunity to minister to, is check your motives. If your life doesn't match what you're doing, <laughs> and that sounds weird because it should match <laughs> because you're doing it. But if all you're doing is just doing in the moment, but it's not really who you are, it's just a facade that you're you're putting on, then you're deceived, you're not free, you're just religious, you're just religious. And when I think about the number of people, and I'm not talking about Quote, unquote, the lost as we know the lost because we see them like, oh, you could tell. But I'm talking about those who portray Christ likeness and yet are bound for hell. I go, oh, God. Oh, God. How crazy is that? but we see it, and that's what we're warned by all through Scripture. People sitting in the church, being a part of the church, is not even close to Christ. They can adopt the form. They can go through uh, the rituals and everything else and be missing out on Christ how sad how sad to to, to, to pray and and to serve and to do and, 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 and have nothing oh we must be mindful church that the enemy is deceptive and that we daily, moment by moment yield ourselves to Christ not my will but your will Not my will, but your will. That we're seeking him. That we're encouraging each other. That we're upholding each other. That we're loving Christ. That we're protecting what he's given us. And that we have a desire to share it. To honor him. When I think about the number of people and the false gospel that's just being peddled out there and that will continue to be peddled. (laughs) When I think that the scripture says that that's what most people are going to be drawn to and I go, oh God, how sad.
0: How sad.
1: So there's work to be done, you all not only sharing the gospel to the quote-unquote lost but also sharing the gospel the message of freedom in christ to the religious we just can't account and, and say everyone is going into heaven Just because they're sitting in church or because they say a little prayer or they do this or do that. No, no, no. You will know them by their fruits. And we've got to start being bold enough in in our expression of, of freedom in Christ to all that we come in contact with. Rather, they're on the outside of the church or they're within the church. Because if you look at Galatians 3 verse 3. And again, it's part two of the Spirit-filled life. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? It's not about what we can do. It's all about Christ. It's all about the Holy Spirit empowering us to accomplish His will. Go to Titus. Chapter one Titus, Chapter one, verse fifteen through sixteen. Titus chapter 1, verse 15 through 16. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure. But nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny Him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, Worthless for doing anything good. And let us not forget that the majority, all of these letters in the New Testament are written to the church. They're not written to the lost. We already know that apart from Christ, we are no good. We are lost. We're rebellious. He's writing to a ch- to the church. He, he, he's encouraging Christians. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure. But nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny Him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient. Worthless for doing anything good. Let that not be said about us. Let that not be said about us. Oh, that we would cry out for purity of heart and mind, body of soul, in a day and an age where everything is impure. I mean, um, it's darken Mm -hmm. every time you open your eyes you're going to be challenged throughout your day with filth with selfishness with just the junk of, of the flesh and of this world but oh are we quick to go about our day to stand for purity to guard our hearts and our minds and our eyes and our ears and when we take things in or we speak things out that are, that's not correct, that we feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we repent and we get up and we keep moving forward. That we just don't continue to, to, to go along with it. We just don't cons- continue just to be, be swayed by it. But know that we stand. Everything is pure to those, look at this, whose hearts are pure. And I love how the Bible reminds us about our heart. Guard our heart. You know, as we were reminded on Friday, and as I remind us constantly about Proverbs, where it talks about as a man thinks, so he goes. We must be mindful on on what we're thinking upon, what we're we're giving ourselves to, what we're we're allowing to, to, to come in. Because whatever we take in, it's going to bring out something. So we must be quick to take thoughts captive. We must be quick to to manage our attitudes and our emotions and the desires. But again, not in our strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. To walk in step with Him. Because we don't want to be people who are detestable and disobedient. We don't want to be those who are worthless for doing anything good. Now we are the people of God, you all. God, the creator of heaven and earth. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is whom has redeemed us. This is whom has, he has laid his life down for us. That we will live for him and honor him. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 15 through 16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we wrong, when we are wrong, and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for doing good works. God prepares and equips his people to do every good work And I love this portion of Scripture because it encourages us, again, that we find that Scripture is inspired by God. And in this living Word, it is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And we should be eating on this daily, feasting on this daily because again, as we just read, we don't want to be those who are undetestable. We don't want to be those who who are living a disobedient life. We don't want to be those who aren't pure of heart. We want to be those who, who, not, who look into the mirror and walk away and remember what they look like. We don't want to be those who are just hearers of the word but not doers of the word, not allowing the word to correct us, not allowing the word to discipline us, not allowing the word to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And I love this. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. And it prepares us and equips us to do every good work. If you're lacking in, our, if I'm lacking, and if you're lacking in your Christian life, it's because we're not spending time in His Word. We're not allowing the the Teacher Himself to teach us from the Word that He has inspired us to live by. Like you've always heard me say, when I came to Christ. I asked the Lord, who am I now? How am I to live now? I don't know. I know how I would live, but how am I to live now? Because I know in you I am to be different. I mean, even as a a rebellious sinner, I knew that he was a holy God. And I knew that I couldn't just parade myself in front of him and believe that he was okay with that I knew that So now you've revealed yourself to me you revealed such great love you you draw me you've drawn me to yourself you've brought me to yourself how do I live now How do you live by the word you all allowed the inspired word correct you, to prepare you, and to equip you to accomplish the good works that he's purposed you for. Let's not forget that portion of scripture. When we're told that God prepared us to do good works, even before you were placed in your mother's womb, God knew you, and God purposed you for this generation. And what a vile, wicked, dark generation it is, but God has prepared you to do good works in the midst of them for His purpose. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 8. He goes on here, I solemnly solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who would tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to His appearing. Look at this. Hmm. And again, when I read this, he's not talking about the lost, the people outside the church. He's talking about people in the church. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear they will reject the truth and chase after myth I said oh Lord that you're showing us the condition of the church the religious folks before your return. It's going to be chaotic. The world's going to be chaotic. And the religious institutions are going to be chaotic. But those, the remnant of God's people, the actual church, the bride of Christ, will remain upright. Amen. The true Church, the true people of Christ will seek wholesome teaching. They won't go the way of those who are seeking to fulfill their passions and their desires. She knows who she belongs to. She's not a part of this. Her part in the midst of it Is to keep a clear mind in every situation. Not to be afraid of suffering. Work at telling others the good news. And to fully carry out the ministry God has given her. I love that scripture. Verse 5 of chapter 4. But you. Because you're not like those who are chasing after this crazy forms of of the gospel. (laughs) But you, you, the true church, the true bride, keep a clear mind in every situation. Underline that, highlight that, circle that. Not just when you're feeling right (laughs) or feeling close to God. (laughs) But in every situation, is your mind clear? It ought to be. And you can't keep it clear in none of your own strength. But through Christ, (laughs) empowered by the Holy Spirit, we have the mind of Christ, the Bible says. Keep it clear. Then, when I asked us earlier, ask us earlier, are we praying in, in faith and, and established in hope? The way to keep your mind clear is to is remember that your hope is in Christ. And we will never be disappointed in Christ. And allow that to truly be a foundational, formative, Rooted truth in our life. We would have a sober mind. A sound mind. And that we won't be afraid of suffering. For the Lord. And that we will work telling others. Look at this, the good news. And that we will fully carry out the ministry. God has given us. And then, if we live this way, and this is what's been challenging me over these past few months, years, is how Paul ends this portion of Scripture. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. Look at this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. Oh, that we at the end of our lives would be able to declare that. They were living just as much of a wicked generation as we are. It's getting darker, but there was still pressure. And I said, God, if, if you can do it, no matter the settings or whatever's coming against the church, My God, you can keep people faithful. Mm. Faithful. Could you imagine getting up every day, knowing your purpose, and being faithful to the call that's upon your life, trusting God, to bring about what he has purposed for your life. And then to know, I love in verse 8, that the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. Amen. And I love the fact that he, he pointed that it's just not for him. The prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look to forward to his appearing. That's how we should be living every day of our lives. We're to be those, the ten virgins, those virgins that had their lamps filled. Is your lamps filled today? Are you ready? Are you living each day as if this is the day that he's going to return? Oh, let us be encouraged by these words let us not forget verse 5 to have that clear mind to not be afraid of suffering for the Lord to work at telling others the good news and to fully carry out the ministry God has given us. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 through 26 all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. If we're going to walk in the Spirit, then we have to stay in step with Him. Remember what the Bible tells us. If we walk habitually in the Spirit, we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. We're not to be tainted. We're not to be ruined by evil, by the flesh. Because we're in Christ. And so, chapter 2, 2 Timothy, verse 19 through twenty six. Says here, but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver as some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, and there's that word again, Mm -hmm. you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the Master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord, look at this, with pure hearts. Remember, this is the inspired Word of God. It corrects us, it teaches us. Look how we're to be living. We're to run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. We're to pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love and peace. And you have to ask yourself like again, just don't be hearers of the word. We have to be doers of the word. Are we putting this in front of us daily throughout the day? Are we meditating upon this day and night? I'm to pursue righteous living. Faithfulness, love, and peace. And if I take these words and and I put them up against last week, if I put them up against this morning, if, if I hold on to them as I go about this week, if I didn't live up to this last week or this morning, Then allow it to correct me and to discipline me. Allow it to bring me to a place of repentance so that I can get up and place them before me this week. And as I think, so I go. So if I think about pursuing righteous living, if I think about faithfulness, love, and peace, then I will walk the ways in which Christ has called me. And then enjoy companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Again, a spirit-filled life. A life that is being lived to honor Christ above all And then to serve Christ, to be his hands and his feet, to take his message out to a dying world. And look at this. Must not quarrel, must be kind, able to teach, and be patient with difficult people to gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Not to argue with them, but to instruct them. And then perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. It's not you changing people. It's not me changing people. It's God. We do this not to get credit for ourselves. We do it all for his glory. The dangers in the last day, the next portion of scripture, chapter 3, 1 through 5. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. A religious person is a self-consumed person. They're not filled with God's power. They're just a lot of talk. And these are the people that we, and you've heard me say this over and over and over and over, that the Bible warns us to stay away from. People who have no evidence of a rebirth in their life. They talk it. They want to claim it. But they don't have it don't have it they're so consumed with everything else look at this they will act righteous but they will reject the power that could make them godly and that's the mark of one who has been born again there's a transformation taking place within them you should be able to see it it's not here today and gone tomorrow. No. There's a new way of living. There's new desires. There's a new way. They're not full of lies and deception. They're not manipulating and tw- trying to twist things. No, they're trusting in God. Believing in Christ, their Savior. Confessing of his resurrection. Being filled with the Spirit of God. We're born again. Remember, sin is not to master us, we're to master it. And not in none of our own strength. We must remember this is a Spirit filled life. And we're honoring God and how we're living. Go to First Peter, chapter 1. First Peter, chapter 1, 14 through 25. And then chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. This is a scripture that I pull up regularly for us to look at. We're talking about the Spirit-filled life. We, we are called to holy living to live differently to realize the days in which we're living I keep saying this to us but it's like living in one of these weird Christian movies at the end, the end time movies I mean I don't know about you all but when I look around at what's happening I go oh my goodness this is what you're saying like, this is what you've warned us about. This is everything coming to pass in our day and age. Like, what, what, once what was darkened, that used to creep around in the shadows, is now por- being portrayed in the light. It's wicked. It's vile. It's getting more and more detestable. and the church is being attacked. True Christians are being slaughtered. They're not welcomed. Those who have hope are now being told to be silent. Oh, if you don't see the spiritual battle that's taking place, if you're not getting up daily and dressing for it, something's wrong with what you're confessing. There is a war for your soul. The line has been drawn. You're either for Christ or you're against Him. There's no way around it. There's no way to tiptoe on the line. You're either for him of light or you're against him in your of darkness. You should be dressing daily and remained dressed <laughs> daily. I mean it's it's beyond anything that in our in our own human mind can comprehend. Of what's coming up. That's why we must. Continue to draw. Closer. Seek him. While he may be. Found. Search him with our. Whole heart. Crying out. For him. To come Lord Jesus. Come. And we don't have time to to kick gloves with people no we must rise up we must stand in unity as believers in christ to accomplish what he's calling us to do i mean look around look around and we're called to live differently we're just not called to gather because well, this is what we do. We just gather and we just, whatever. Oh, okay, whatever. No, did you come hungry today? Did you come expecting? Did you did you pray for us today? You know? Are, are we really expecting the Lord to do something among us? Or is it just that we come out of our rooms and we come in this little place? You know, There's so much more that he has for us. So much more. And it's not about one person leading it. It's all of us seeking, knocking, not giving up, not giving in, keeping a clear mind, being willing to suffer for the Lord. Remember the scriptures we just read. we're called to live holy lives. And we saw this scripture on Friday and I want to and we heard it Friday and I want to bring it back before us because it's a scripture that I bring up a lot before us. So prepare your mind, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 11 is where I'm starting. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation look at this, that will come to you when Christ is revealed to the world. Hope. Hope. Established and rooted in Christ. And in this understanding, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. If it wasn't possible, then it wouldn't be spoken here. Remember, the flesh and the spirit, they're warring inside. You choose this day whom you serve. Christ has already finished Sin is not to be your master. Daily and throughout your day, you must choose. So, if it wasn't possible for you to slip back, it wouldn't be mentioned here. Mm-hmm. So, you must live as obedient children, as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living and look at the reason why you go back. To satisfy your own desires. And that old way of living did nothing good for us. Oh, it may have felt good for the moment, but nothing good will ever come out of living out of the flesh. Some of us love our chaos more than we love our God. And how sad. And we've got to stop being around people like that. Who just want to, everything's chaos. Everything's rush, rush, rush. Everything's just out of order. Everything's just constantly. But praise the Lord. I love Jesus. Let's go do, 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 do. And nothing comes from it. Remember, we're supposed to be enjoying the scripture that we just read. We're supposed to be enjoying the companionship of those with a pure heart. We don't want to keep going back. We don't want to keep going back to satisfy our own desires. No, we recognize we've been delivered. Jesus said it is finished. It's finished. You're free. If you're in Christ, you're free. You're not half free. You're not just a partial freedom, experience freedom. No, you're free. And I've shared with you throughout these years, you're as free as you want to be. God is not holding anything back and telling you to work for it. You're as free as you want to be. And so daily, this is how we're to be living. As God's obedient children. And then I love what he says here. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. Before Christ, you didn't know any better. You lived however you wanted. But now you're in Christ. Now you know better. Mm -hmm. Now we know better. We're without excuse. We're without excuse. And that's a huge uh, wake up to, to, for the realities of, oh, I went back and I went there and I did this, 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 this. I thought this, 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 this. I tried to manipulate this, 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 this. Or whatever the issue may be, and somehow we went back to satisfy our own desires because somewhere along the way we told ourselves that Christ wasn't enough. I've always told you for us to go back to a stinking way of thinking, to, to, to an emotional basket case, to, 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 to depravity and then lust and pleasures and everything else, no matter what it is, because it's all sin, for us to turn and go back, we have to look at the cross and say it wasn't enough. And are we really that bold to tell God that what he accomplished wasn't enough? I, I hope not. Because he is enough. Because remember, our hope is rooted in him. So I don't have to go back. I, I could choose this day, this moment, this hour, whom I'm serving. Christ or self? We need to choose Christ. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Separate Separated Living a supernatural life Empowered by the Holy Spirit People will know who you once were Or they see you not pulled in the direction that everyone else is pulled in That's why as the church we're not to pull away out of the world we're not to, uh, you know, oh, be fearful of the world unless we get, you know, oh, if I get too close to it, it's going to entrap me. I'm going to get corrupted by it. No, you should be able to stand in the midst of it. And not be swayed by it. Not be moved by it. Because those who once knew you will see someone different and those who may have never know you will see a difference because you're not given in to it. So there's something different about you. You must be holy. For he is holy. And then it goes on. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in a reverent fear of him during your time here as a temporary resident. And I love how the pastor on Friday night reminded us, as we've studied here before, that fear means fear. And in a day and age, in a generation where pastors and and Christian leaders want to water that down, we better be careful not to lighten God's word. We need to allow God's word to be the inspired word. And I love how he reminds us here in Scripture and as we've heard um, on Friday night and, and how and how can we not get caught up in all this craziness down here is because we recognize this isn't our home. This isn't our home. We're just temporary residents. But while we're here, we'll take care. We'll live honorable lives. We'll walk upright. We're not making ourselves comfortable. We're just temporary residents. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you, look at this, from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors and it was paid with more gold with with I'm sorry and it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value it was the precious blood of Christ the sinless spotless lamb of God chose him as your ransom long before the world began but now in these last days he has been revealed for your sake The price was paid for your life, you all. And so we just don't live a loose life. And you've always heard me say, we're we're not to be trampling His blood under our feet as if it's nothing. No, He poured out His blood for us. He gave up His body for us. He was our sacrifice. He took our punishment. And are we then really going to Say his name and claim him and then treat him as if it was nothing. I do what I want. I say what I want, I act like I want, I think what I want. I'll come and I'll, I'll do little bits of bit of work for you. Nothing's ever changing, it's always the same. And to be honest, that's where I've got to guard my heart not to get frustrated with people. Talk about the same thing, the same sin, the same issue, over and over and over and over. And yes, God's convicting me. It's been 20 years. And you have no fear that you have rejected his conviction? Well, oh, it's just this. Oh, it was just that moment. Oh. And we all have excuses. And as if as if that is okay. That's not okay. That's not okay. Like something's wrong. Remember what I told you? Don't let the devil teach you your theology. Well, God understands my weakness. He knows my anger problem. What? Well, you don't know what they did to me. Who? And we just sit back, y'all, and we allow other, quote-unquote, Christians say this to us. And the sad thing is, is we nod in agreement with them. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll pray for you. No, it's a constant theme in their life. Like, something's wrong. Like, something's wrong. You're trampling his blood underneath your feet. You're just splashing it up and making it common as if it did nothing for your life. You're making sin rule. Not Christ. And I go, God, help us. Help us to do what is right. Like we've been purchased, we've been bought. Like he laid his life down. Remember what I told you a few weeks ago? Too many so-called Christians, and I use that term loosely... They believe that they're saved because they're still worshiping Christ on the cross. And they have no understanding of the resurrected Christ. You can't claim as part of of the confession and the belief in order to be saved that you you confess uh, and you believe that He's Lord, the Son of God, and that He rose from the dead. You, you can't say that's what you believe and then live so opposite of that. That's deception. He's resurrected. And in the times that there have been seasons of darkness and chaos and confusion in my heart and in my mind, that's what I just keep coming back to. Oh God, but you're, you rose from the dead. What am I doing here? and you get up, and you move on. And then when another season slams up against you, that's what you call on. Christ, the risen Savior. When I was sick last Saturday, I stayed in bed, and these movies came on. Um, the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. Long story short, who wrote them? Tolkien, J.R. Tolkien. J.R. Tolkien, And there's some, it's a, was he a Christian author? Sort of. Uh, sort of, but he was influenced by C.S. Lewis. Lewis, who was a Christian artist. So anyways, he, he, these movies are all about, it's, a, it's, a, it's a amazing, I didn't like them when they first came out. But I've been so intrigued by them this past week i got one more to watch there's six of them about three hours long but the level uh, and, and the and the influence within these movies of the spiritual battle that's taking place over darkness trying to overtake light it can never and just when you think like last night's movie i was watching And I was like, oh my goodness, Like this scene, I remember watching it years ago, but I don't remember being as intrigued as I am now in these. Like darkness was like, there was no way light could have won. But light does because hope always does. And that's the constant theme. that these people are reminding themselves. Hope, hope, hope. Oh God. When we get up and we go about our day every day, it doesn't seem like light is winning. Jesus is winning. <laughs> but he he's already won. Yes. Do you see the shifting in mindset? If you get up every day and you say, "Well, you know, God conquer this or God do move this." He already has. you live with this understanding, hope in your heart. He's already paid the price. He's already rose from the dead. Sin and darkness are defeated. And this is what I love about some of these characters. There's all these other characters who are struggling with clinging to hope, but there's these other characters who step in. And they bring the message of hope. Hope. Hope in Christ will never disappoint us. He's won you all. And because of his victory, we have victory every day it's available through Christ change your mindset change your heart attitude and hope it's got to get darker before it gets better it's got to get darker you all before the light shines last night's scene darkness and I'm telling you it's utter hell began to to, to, you see it the the way they did the the imagery over the over this section of this world the cloud of darkness and these demonic things these horrible creatures tens and thousands of them are marching on to this city that the king inside has no clue what's 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 about to take place And I'm telling you, this fight scene is just horrific. But it reminded me years ago, when my mind wasn't right before I came to Christ. And the level of darkness that was trying to overtake my mind and my heart and being curled up in a corner in a fetal position. And in an instant, he steps in, and last night, in an instant, as things were getting the worst of the worst, and the king and these people just looked and said, "Okay, just, just, we're just going to ride towards them." So as they get on, and hope inspires them, and now they're just going to charge in to this utter darkness. All of a sudden, this character who is now light the essence of light <laughs> shows up on the hill and then all of a sudden you see these, this, this huge infantry this, or this huge army behind him <laughs> and then they start charging down and then these, these creatures these demon looking things turn their attention towards them And you see light and darkness coming at each other. And then all of a sudden, this light grew so bright that it just, it overtook the darkness. And I was like, God, this is what I'm talking about, you all. This is how you're to be living your life. This is how I'm to be living my life. Like we go forth. Because we are in Christ. We are in Christ. Though the weapon will be forged against us, it will not prosper. It will not prosper. Amen. He paid the price for us to be able to live victorious. He goes on here in verse 21. Through Christ you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because, look, he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. That's why you place your faith and your trust in God, not because he's dead on a cross. Your faith in God, the hope that you have is that Jesus rose from the dead. That sin and death are defeated. (laughs) You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Look at this. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Live, I'm sorry, like newborn babies. You must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Are you crying out for it, you all? For this nourishment. God, strengthen me. God, establish me. Do you you think upon the power of the resurrection daily? If we think about it, it will begin to transform us. We can trust in the one who has called us to himself. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. Instructions for Christians. How now then should we live? Finally, All of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. And we should know this scripture. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. How then should we live? These are the instructions given for all Christians. This is how we're to be living here. This is how we honor our God. Let's close in Ephesians chapter 4. It's the whole chapter. It should be unity in the body and we're to be living as children of light. A spirit-filled life marked by the Spirit of God. Remember, God God is in us. Think about that. Do you give thought to that? We have received the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of God. We're to be living lives, afresh and anew now established in the hope of a resurrected Christ, made up our minds that this world is not our home, (laughs) there's nothing here, there's no relationship, there's nothing of value here that can compare to what's ahead of us. So we don't put all of our being into relationships. We don't put all of our being into material things. We don't put all of our being into our desires and our wants. If you're all being, if what drives you in the morning and throughout the day and into the evening is possessions, is, is your desires being met, is if it's relationships, then you don't know the fullness of Christ. And how sad. If you long for those things more than you long for Christ, you don't know Christ. No matter if you're sitting in church, no matter if you pray, if you read scripture, if you just do. Because nothing, nothing is to be above him. Is to be above him. We, we worry more about our possessions. We worry more about, oh, I don't get to do this, I, don't have, I can't do that. We worry more about relationships, rather it's friendships, rather it's family, rather it's whatever. <laughs> we put so much of our energy into these things. And we're not even serving our christ our lord see our attention and our affections should be towards him first and foremost they're not to be out here because all of this is here now your possessions that you want so badly they'll be gone tomorrow your desires to fulfill these things that you need to fulfill, whatever weird desires you may have, here today, gone tomorrow. Relationships that you feel, oh, it's gotta be right, it's gotta, it's gotta. Or you're so consumed by their lives and what they're doing, and everything, they could be dead tomorrow. <laughs> like all of this is just temporal, but we have been born again. We're of a new nature. doesn't mean we don't have relationships. It doesn't mean that we don't have material possessions. It doesn't mean that we don't have, you know, godly desires. (laughs) But we're living differently now. This world is not our home. We're just temporary residents going through. Looking forward to the day that our risen Savior calls us from this place. But until then, this is how we should be living. Spirit-filled lives. He says, Therefore I, a prisoner, chapter 4 of Ephesians, for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. always be humble and gentle be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love make every effort to keep yourselves look at this united in the spirit binding yourselves together with peace for there is one body and one spirit just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift. Through the generosity of Christ, that is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended into our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that he will be, I'm sorry, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And I love this picture here. This picture of unity, of coming together, of of establishing us together as one in peace and in love. Christ is the head, we are his body. And in this, he didn't neglect us, no, he gives us these gifts. He gives us these positions, if you would. And they are called to equip the body. To mature them. To see them developed. He goes on. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown back about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is, look at this, healthy and growing and full of love. This picture of unity in Christ. It's Christ. There's nothing else. There's no one else. It's all Jesus, you all. And I love the fact that we must continue to grow to be more like him, to have solid teaching, to be encouraged to continue to abide in Christ, to remain free so that we won't remain immature and caught up with every form of teaching that's out there. Rushing this way, rushing that way, rushing over here, rushing over there, going to this place, going to that place, over here and over there. Never settled down, never rooted. Always up and going. (laughs) And people like that, it's all about themselves. It's not about Christ. It's all about themselves. Showing up, showing up, showing up, showing up. And there's no unity There's no love. I mean, come on. We're to be grounded. We're to be rooted. We're the body of Christ. Each of us doing our part. We're not just to be tossed to and fro. Being influenced. Look at this. When people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. No, instead, we're to speak truth and love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. He goes on, verse 17. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do to those who aren't saved. (laughs) For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because... They have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature And your formal way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, look at this, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Are we doing this daily? This isn't just a one-time little prayer at an altar. This is a day to day, today living. Look at that. Put on your new nature. Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Allowing the Spirit to renew your faults and attitudes. You can't do it. I can't do it, but He can. <laughs> So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for hard work and then give generously to others in need. And don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Mm -hmm. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, anger, Harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. This is the way in which we ought to be living. And then Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 2 Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. A pleasing aroma to God. A spirit filled life you all. A life that Christ has given us. If we truly believe. If we've been born again, we're our new creation. And if we would just go and live it, you all, God will move as he does and hearts and lives will be changed for his kingdom and for his glory. Amen. I'll close us in this last song and then I'll close us in prayer.